Shalom, brothers and sisters. It's Amanda, and I am back to share something with you all that is very, very important. I did not plan this. I know you guys have heard this a lot in pretty much, I want to say, the last 10 episodes that I have published. Um, And I'm really sorry about that. I just need to stop saying that it's going to be the last one because honestly, it's whatever Yahuwah wills and whatever he wants to say through me or have me share on this platform and I need to be obedient to that but um, I do know that he is leading me to focus on other things right now so when I reached 100 episodes on this podcast ministry I was like okay this is it I'm gonna you know stop here and focus on other things right now going on because I am enduring a huge trial right now, a huge financial trial to where, you know, I don't even know how much longer we're going to have a roof over our heads, you know, Um, you know, considering moving out of state, that's a huge deal, you know, things like that. So, but it's, it's really something because after I did the 100th episode, I was like, okay, that's it. We're putting, you know, the podcast on the shelf, so to speak. Then, you know, Yah was like, well, now I want you to talk about this. And the things that I have been talking about are not really related solely to just marriage. You know, so for example, for those of you who maybe haven't listened yet, I just did, I guess, a mini series, um, three parts talking about forgiveness and not just forgiveness in marriage, forgiveness in in different areas of, of life. And I actually shared some really personal things that I went through um, and how it taught me about forgiveness, mercy, and grace. So really like in-depth stuff (laughs) that I really wasn't planning. You know, and a lot of what I talked about having to do with marriage and family were very in-depth too and very serious and, you know, a big deal. But this is like a whole other level. And what I'm going to share in this episode today, I'm going to title this episode Standing for Righteousness because I spoke with two people today that... um, Well, one of them I spoke with and the other one, they shared a message and both of these things that I heard of today, um, one is a brother, one is a sister. I am absolutely just upset. I am so bothered right now um, because what both are dealing with have to do with the, you know, the corruption of the society that we live in, you know, the world that we are in, unfortunately. And I have said this many times before, and I still stand by this. We may live in this world, we may live in this society, but we have been called to be set apart, which means we live set apart, we live different lifestyles, and we do not adhere to majority. And I say majority because there are still laws and things that we do need to follow, right? Because even Paul talks about in the Renewed Covenant that there are certain things that we do need to you know, respect and honor. But um, we know for those of us that are believers, for those of us that are in truth, for those of us that we are familiar with the scriptures, we know that so much of what society and the world is doing is not only the opposite of Yah's word, but it's wickedness. It's, it's sinful. And many of us that have been called to be set apart, that are living, you know, um, lifestyle that Yah has called us to, you know, that's part of our trials is because we're literally being persecuted for how we choose to live, right? And just being out of it, you know, like just completely out of society and being set apart. Now, some believers will actually say, well, if we live in this society, we're going to have to just be a part of it. No, please, please, please do not have that mindset. That's what the enemy wants to get you to think and to follow so that you end up being swallowed up by all of that. Please, please don't do that, brothers and sisters. Do not fall for that, okay? Listen, there's a reason why, and I've, I've shared this before, so many of Yah's people are being called to leave their homes, their jobs, right? They're getting campers. They're, you know, uh, getting these these shed, shed homes, you know, and, and turning them into homes, these tiny homes. They're living in trailers. They're living very simple basic ways. Um, And Yas people also have a tendency to be nomadic to where they're moving all over the place. And let me tell you something. I'm finding out that there are certain states that are worse than others. For example, I live in Colorado and Colorado 
I'm finding and I'm I am literally going to say the word hate. I hate the state for what it's become. It has become so liberal. It has become so wicked. It's like it's horrible, which is another reason why my goal is to move out of Colorado and um, go to Missouri because Missouri is not as bad. Missouri is one of those states that they're more lenient and things like that. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share more in detail here in just a little bit, but you know I'm I'm just I'm really upset right now because what Satan is doing is he's taking everything that is meant to be a blessing that that are gifts from Yahuwah. Um, and the way that we should we we should be living by keeping the Torah, by keeping the commandments, and and all these things, right? And what he's doing is he's trying to to discourage people so much that they end up falling away from that and going back to um, living within the world. So we know that even in the renewed covenant, um, we know that it says, you know, do not be conformed to the world, but be conformed to Yah, right? Be conformed to his word, right? His Torah. We also know that his word also is Yeshua, right? So very, very clearly does it say that we are to, you know, be set apart from this world, okay? But of course, the enemy is fighting that because he opposes anything that comes from Yahuwah. So for example, the brother that you know, I was listening today when he was sharing his message, you know, they're in a trial right now um, for a few different reasons, but I'm going to focus on one. You know, they just had uh, twin babies, praise Yah, and they are really, really enduring. Like their babies are colicky and, you know, they're just, they're going through a lot right now. Um, On top of that, they've moved about four different times in the past two months you know, long story short, they lost their, their uh, motor home um, and, and just things like that. And, you know, society is just, they've made it very hard for people these days to apply for a home or, you know, there's so many things. There's so many strict, ridiculous things, you know, like I know here where I live, um, you have to make like three times the rent in order to get just an apartment, you know what I mean? And, and like have a certain job history and have A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z, like, they make it impossible for a family to live. They really do. Like, then on top of that, I've talked about this as well, the whole vaccine thing, when COVID happened, and all of that. The state that I live in, Colorado, is still pushing the vaccine with a lot of jobs. If you look at a lot of the healthcare jobs, if you look at the teaching jobs, just basically any career field where you're working with a lot of people, a lot of companies, a lot of employers are still pushing the vaccine. And I've been trying to explain this to everybody I know. Of course they're going to do that because it's just like when jobs you know, you um, would say that health requirements was you had to get TB testing, you had to get the flu shot, you had to do these things. Now COVID is another one added to the list. So there are going to be a lot of jobs that are going to say in order for you to be just even considered, you have to have these things and COVID vaccine is going to be one of them. And majority of us that are Yah's children have not gotten these vaccines and we never will. We know they're not from Yah. We know that the, it's, it's you know, wicked and who knows what is in it. <laughs> okay, and that's a whole nother topic for another day. Um, but anyways, the thing is, is that um, they're making it so hard for people to live and to survive because they want to gain control. They are slowly gaining control of, of society, of everybody through fear, you know, and yes, people aren't going to stand for that. We are called to be set apart right? We're called to be set apart. So they're making it really hard for us. But um, anyways, this brother and his wife, you know, they've just been enduring, you know, taking care of newborns and things like that, you know, and they know that children are a blessing from Yah. It's an inheritance from him. Fruit of the womb is, you know, a blessing um, and things like that. But they are so discouraged right now. And it's the enemy attacking them. That and we have to remember that even as Yah's children, no matter what, whether it's our marriages, whether it's our ministries, raising our children, whatever it is that Yah has called us to do or He has given us, we're going to have seasons of challenge because we need to be tried and tested for our faith to grow. And I was talking about that recently. In order for our faith to grow, we have to go through trials. So even though these are gifts from Yah, they're blessings from Him, we're going to have challenging seasons, right? 
but don't be discouraged. Don't be fearful. You know, that's the enemy that's trying to take something that's come from yeah, something precious, something joyful, something to be enjoyed. And, you know, yes, there's going to be hard times and he's trying to magnify those hard times so that you get discouraged. And so what happens is that so say you go into a ministry and all of a sudden all these bad things one after another after another occur, right? That's the enemy's way of trying to discourage you from that ministry because you were called to that ministry. So what's the natural thing that any of us in our flesh would want to do after a couple months? We'd probably want to quit that ministry, right? Because everything is going wrong. Everything that can go wrong goes wrong, right? But we have to remember that even in a YAH-given ministry, even though we've been assigned to that ministry, we will have challenging seasons in that ministry because that ministry has to grow. So, I mean, it's not going to be perfect. It's not always going to be all sunshine and roses, right? Like even Yeshua said that we will still have trials and tribulations. We will still experience heartbreaks and hurt and pain. So even in the things that are that are blessings, even in the things that are Yah-given, we are still going to go through trials. But it doesn't mean that we give those things up, right? You know, I mean, of course with the whole ministry thing, it could just be that maybe you are in the wrong thing and Yah's trying to let you know, hey, this is all going wrong because it, you know, this isn't what I have for you. You know, you've made a mistake. You know, this doesn't, this isn't for you. But in this case, I'm talking about when it is given to you by Yah and things are bumpy at first or for a while, right? The enemy is going to magnify that so, so that you get discouraged and leave that ministry. Let's say you go into your Yah ordained marriage, right? You have finally come together with the one Yah has had for you. Y'all come together. Y'all got an assignment to fulfill, right? Your marriage is going to have seasons. Let me tell you something. It's going to be beautiful because it's Yah ordained, right? The two of you are meant to be together. But let me tell you something. Once again, it's not all. It's not going to be all sunshine and roses. You're going to have seasons where your marriage is blissful. Like you two are in love, you guys are head over heels, you guys are like, you know, just really into each other and just really loving and really just, anyways, you get my picture. <laughs> you know, I guess what, what a lot of people will call the honeymoon phase or whatever, but um, then you're going to have seasons where you're going to face hardships, you're going to face trials together. There's going to be times where you don't always get along with one another or you may not always see eye to eye on something. This is normal. No marriage is perfect just because it was ordained by Yah. You're going to have seasons of, of, of difficulties and challenges, but this is where you two need to come together the most, right? And help each other through it, not, you know, be angry towards one another, whatever. Once again, that's Satan magnifying the problems so that he can get the two of you to separate or even divorce, right? So once again, we see the same pattern, right? A gift from Yah, a blessing from Yah that is going to have good seasons and bad seasons. But what the enemy is going to do is he's going to try to discourage you by magnifying those bad seasons, right? And by trying to get your marriage to just fall apart, okay? Why? Because once again, he opposes anything that comes from Yahuwah. So another thing to keep in mind, raising children, Okay, for some of you, y'all are going to be blended families. I've talked about this before. Some of you are going to be having a lot of babies. Okay, some of you are going to have just a few, some of you are going to have a lot, whatever that Yah has planned for you and your spouse. And you know, here's the thing you know, having babies and raising children um, has its really precious moments and seasons, and then has its really trying seasons. Let me tell you something, I have been through a lot, not only as a single parent raising my son, right? And now he's, he's going to be 16 in a couple of months. Okay. Like I knew teen years was going to be the, um, like the age that I was going to struggle with the most. I just knew it. Like, you know, you can give me three screaming toddlers. I'm good. But teens, (laughs) it's really hard, but it does not at all discourage me from having more babies at all. Like, and, and here's the problem. Again, we're going to see the same pattern. You've got people that, you know, have, you know, they've had children and maybe they had a difficult labor. 
Um, or maybe they lost a child. I totally understand how hard that is. I mean, I, I don't, I haven't experienced that personally, but I know how hard that must be. Um, or maybe that baby or those babies were really colicky, or maybe they were just really difficult children to raise, you know, like the terrible twos were like above and beyond, you know, like it was a, um, honorary child, you know, like they say, like, and what happens is, is that Satan takes those things. And once again, he magnifies those things to where now the parents are like, I don't want any more children. And so what happens is they either go on contraceptives, right? Or they do something drastic, like the wife getting her tubes tied, or the husband getting a vasectomy. Now, they claim that these things can be reversed. And contraceptives, obviously, you can just get off of that, you know, but here's the thing, contraceptives mess with your body and your hormones. Okay, I wouldn't really fully trust that at all. I wouldn't trust the fact that they say they, that they can reverse a vasectomy and they can reverse tubes being tied or whatever. There's going to be a chance that things aren't going to go right. The point is, is that number one, we are not to be sovereign in those areas, right? If we're walking in Yah's will for our lives, he's in control of that. He decides how many children we have, not us. And I've, I've, I've talked about my belief in this before. I've talked about this. I did a whole episode on this where I believe that, you know, that area of how many children we have is up to the father, okay? And we are not to be in control of that because us going on contraceptives or us saying we're not having kids right now or we're not going to have kids anymore or whatever, that's us taking control. That's us going against the Father's will. Yes, there is free will, but if you've already decided that you're going to follow Yah's will for your life, then you need to follow in every area of your life. But what upsets me is that when, when parents go through the things they go through, right? They're tired, they're sleep deprived. Again, maybe they had a difficult you know, pregnancy and labor and delivery, so they get discouraged. The doctors discourage them and say a bunch of negative things. Um, oh, you're too old, or you know, you've got too many health conditions, you've got this, you've got that, where people are even getting discouraged of even trying to, ha- to have children. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's not up to them. It's up to our Father in Heaven. It's not up to them. But there's so many parents that are getting discouraged from raising up children for Yah, right? Children are a blessing, okay? They're a blessing. They're not a burden. You know, children are an incredible gift from Yah. It is not easy. I can tell you right now it's not easy. But that doesn't mean I don't want to have any more children. I absolutely want to have as many more children as I can have, whatever that Yah allows and wills for us. You know what I mean? That's not going to stop me because I'm the age I am or because I I was a single mom at one point and it was so rough or because of certain things, you know, my child has done, you know, or, or fear out of when, when these babies become teens and no, you know, do not let the enemy like scare you or, or cause you to be discouraged from having any more children, you know, and then let me tell you something you hear <laughs> I've seen this happen to, to to personal friends of mine and I've heard of this where families go to stores they go to doctors they go wherever with their families right I, I've seen it to where if you have more than three kids they make a big deal out of it they make these comments like oh my gosh you know you guys had such a large family are you guys seriously going to have more? Or like, if you find out you're expecting, you share it with people. Why are you guys having more when you already have four kids, when you already have five kids, when you already have six, right? Like people start saying these discouraging, rude remarks and comments. When large families, when children are a blessing, but the world views it as a burden, right? They view it as a burden. And I'm so tired of that, brothers and sisters, because it's not right. It's not right. It, it It's just, it's not right. You know what I'm saying? And it's starting to really upset me. And so anyways, a brother that I know was talking about this today and, you know, they're going through it. They're going through it. You know, they're raising twin new, newborns and, you know, one of them is really colicky and, you know, they're sleep deprived. They're going through it. And that's part of it. That That's part of that season, you know, and I feel bad because I feel like they're not really enjoying it or, you know, um, you know, they, they know they've been blessed. They've been, they've been given a double portion, you know, um, praise Yah, 
you know, but they're going through it. And I feel like the enemy's attacking them and trying like to discourage them from having any more children. And that's, that's not good. You know what I mean? Because it's up to Yah how many more children they have, if they have any more, you know, Yah closes the womb and he opens the womb. It's his decision. I mean, yeah, there's free will. You can make that choice, but I'm telling you anything outside of Yah's will is never going to be satisfying or good or anything like that. It falls apart. It's best to leave our lives in in the Father's hands. You know what I mean? So anyways, I heard that and that was really sad to hear. And I was quite angry about that because this is a time, yes, it's difficult for them, but they they have been blessed. They have been double blessed, you know, like they've been giving a double portion and they're really going through it right now. They need support. They need help. And I believe in, and will pray that they will receive the help that they need, but it shouldn't discourage them um, from living Yaswell for their lives. So another thing is, um, and, and again, I'm not going to mention names for privacy, but I have a, a sister that, you know, reached out to me today and um, she had taken one of her children to the doctors. And I'm going to share something that happened to me too recently as well that really made me mad. Um, and again, she lives in the same state I do. So it makes sense to me why this happened. Because again, we live in a really horrible state when it comes to these things, which is why I want to get the heck out of here. Um, but anyways, she took one of her kids to the doctors. She homeschools all of her children. She has a big family. Yah has blessed her with several children. And she's, you know, she's raising them up in the truth, in the way, and, you know, praise Yahuwah. Like, she's an incredible wife and mother, and I'm so thankful to know her and have her as um, just an incredible friend and sister in Yah. Um, and I'm so proud of her because she she does such an incredible job uh, mothering and, and being a wife, a golly wife and things like that. So anyway, she took one of her children to the doctors, and this child is you know, having trouble learning to read. Um, and she homeschools her children. Now, once again, I know homeschool is another controversial topic, right? We know that the world says that it's not good, that this and that and the next, and they try to make it seem like this negative thing. I've dealt with this before where I've had public schools try to tell me that the best thing for my son was public schooling because of this, that, and the next thing, whatever. You know, they try to push it on you. Um, and I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Like, there's no way that public schooling is the best thing for my children. Even though my son is in public school right now, he's in high school, but I allowed him to make that choice. And that's another story for another time. It's definitely not what I wanted, but when you've had children with other people, you're not the only one that has that say. When you are raising up children with the person you were meant to raise up children with and you both are on the same page because y'all called you both to the same thing, that's completely different. But when you have somebody else who is not in agreement with you, it makes it harder you know, and this is where I get, I get frustrated, you know. Um, so anyways, homeschooling is the best thing for your kids for many, many reasons. But one of the best things I feel for the child is that it's tailored to their needs. Um, you're able to go at their pace. You know, they don't feel pressured. They don't feel like they're not getting the attention and the help that they need because they're not surrounded by 30 other kids in one classroom and only one teacher. You know what I mean? Like it, homeschool is just better all the way around. Plus your, your kids, when they're homeschooled, they're not getting indoctrinated by all this false crap that they teach in schools, right? Like I literally, I was talking about this last time where I realized, I came to this realization that like everything I learned in school, because I went to public schooling, right? Because I didn't grow up in, in a Christian home or anything like that. I realized that majority of what they taught us was a lie. <laughs> it's like, it's such a lie. And I'm just like, wow, on top of everything else. And, but the thing was, because I had my son, how I had my son, right? I had got together with somebody I never should have gotten together with. Being a single mom, couldn't really homeschool. I didn't have a husband to support us, all these kinds of things. So my son got used to being in public school. I tried homeschooling him two different times. It just didn't go well. And it got to the point where I cried out to Yah. I was like, yeah, I don't even know what to do because he's refusing to even learn anymore. And I don't want my, all my kids have to have at least a high school education. I will never force any of my kids to go to college because that's up to Yahuwah if that's a part of his will for each one of those children. 
that he gives us. You know what I mean? Like if college is a part of the plan, then I know Yah is going to make a way and he's going to put it on that child's heart to want to go to college. But I am not going to force my children to get um, an extended education other than their basic, right? So my children have to finish and get their high school diploma or GED or whatever, but not by way of public school, you know? But my son got to the point where he was... Um, like refusing to do any schoolwork because he had challenges. But my son is also what you would call a social butterfly. He loves to communicate with people and hang out. And having had been an only child and it just being us at that time, you know, it, it wasn't ideal for him. So I remember crying out to the father, like, what do I do? Because I don't want my son to not have an education. You know, I want him to have a basic education. And I was like, go ahead and put him in school because of everything that had happened you know what I mean but he told me he said but your next children will not be going to school they're going to be homeschooled and I was like praise y'all okay (laughs) um and you know what praise y'all my son goes to a really good school it's like the second best in the state and um he's doing well praise y'all so um it hasn't really affected like his faith walk or anything like that so but anyways I know that my next children, they're going to be homeschooled. Um, And it's the best thing, y'all, because putting your kids in public schooling, it just, it causes, it, it like, okay, when you do these kinds of things, when you stick your children in school, when you take them to the doctors and get them vaccinated and all this kind of crap, when you get married under the government, right, under Babylon, or you get married in churches of men or like false doctrine, doctrinated church, you are opening the door not only to the enemy, but you're, you're giving an opportunity for the government, right? For society, for the government to gain control over you and your family. This is why I have expressed wholeheartedly in a lot of my marriage episodes that when you marry, marry under Yahuwah. What do I mean by that? Do not go get married in a church because more than likely that church is, again, uh, man-made tradition, false doctrine, and all that garbage. Do not go get married in a courthouse directly under Babylon, directly under the government. And do not fill out a marriage license and turn it into your state. Now, I understand that some states will not allow you, or I shouldn't say, hang on, let, let me reword this. There's some states where they say if you get married in a church or whatever or something like that, that you have to have witnesses, you have to have somebody officiate you. The state that I live in, you don't need any witnesses and you don't need anybody to officiate you. So praise you for that because that actually works in our favor, okay? Because what I mean by getting married under Yah is you get married directly under Yah. You don't go get married with a church. You don't need any witnesses unless you have loved ones that you can trust. They can absolutely be there with you. You can say your own own vows, write your own vows before Yah. He's there with you, right? And marry. If you want, you can fill out um, what's called a, a ketubah, which is a Jewish wedding contract. If you want, you put your names down, you put the date that you all said your vows and whatnot and your promises and things like that and all of that. Because brothers and sisters, what seals that union is when you all get down to the lovemaking, okay? When you consummate that relationship, that's when it becomes sealed in Yahuwah's eyes. None of this nonsense about having to fill out a license and turn it into your county. None of this nonsense about you have to go get married in a church because you're a believer. Listen, all of these things are lies, okay? And it's all a tactic and a way to gain control over your marriage for you to spend a crap ton of money that you really probably don't have, okay? And it's man-made traditions. It is nowhere commanded in scripture. So that's what I mean about your marriage, you know, get married under Yahuwah. Okay. Do not allow the government into your marriage. Okay. The only thing that you probably won't be able to do, which for most of you, you're probably better off anyways, is you won't really be able to file taxes together. That's okay. They give you, they give husbands and wives choices anyways, to file separately or joint. And a lot of people file separately because maybe you have child support payments. Maybe you have debt. Maybe you have, um, college, you know, student loans, things like that. So half the time spouses file separately anyways. So what are you really missing out on? Besides money, when you're a child of Yah, that doesn't matter. That stuff is in, is in Yahuwah's hands. So you're not missing out on anything. 
I'm telling y'all right now, do not, do not give way to the enemy. Do not give way to society by sticking your kids in school, by, you know, uh, having your marriage be under Babylon, under the government, things like that. You have as many babies as Yah wills you to. Don't worry about what other people say, friends and family and, and the doctors and all that crap. And that's the other thing with the doctors too. Listen, Yah has laid it on my heart so much to go all natural as much as possible. I've literally converted my entire medicine cabinet to all natural things, herbs, essential oils, you name it. And, and let me tell you something, it works incredible. We need to trust in the things that Yah gave us right? And I've shared this before in my episodes where I've just talked about the things he's convicted me of. And um, it's been incredible. When I have my babies, I'm doing home births. For those of you that are that are getting ready to have babies, I really highly encourage you, of course, pray about all of these things. I highly encourage you to give birth at home. Do not go give birth in a hospital. I'm going to tell you why. And I just talked about this recently in, um, I'm going to call it my baby episode, but I was talking about, you know, um, being fruitful, multiplying. I was talking about this. Listen, they are instilling so much fear into women. It's a no wonder that majority of these labors and deliveries end up with a bad outcome because what these hospitals are doing, because they're, they're thinking and talking out of a liability mindset. It's all about money. It's all about protecting themselves and not wanting to get sued. Women, sisters that are listening to this, Yahuwah created your body to give birth, to carry a baby or babies, okay? Because for some of you, you can have twins, you can have triplets, praise Yahuwah, right? The fruit of the womb. Our bodies were made to carry these babies and give birth, okay? Our bodies know what it's doing when we go into labor and give birth. We don't need to be going to these hospitals. And, you know, I understand for some of you, like, I don't think I could take the pain. I understand everybody has different tolerance to pain and whatnot. I, I understand that. And ultimately, it's it's really up to you what you want to do. I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm suggesting, you know, but please, if you can help it, don't go to the hospital, have your babies. Okay. Like, I had such a horrible birth experience with my son. Like, I, right after I had him, I wanted so much to be able to nurse because I knew that that was more healthier for my son. And what happened? Because they ended up taking him to check him and stuff. They gave him a bottle of formula without even asking me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why did you all do that? Like, I wanted to nurse him, like, right away. Like, they do so many things that go against the natural bonding. You know, like they're not supposed to cut the umbilical cord right away when the baby's born, right? They they should wait a little bit. Sometimes they don't give you the baby right away to bond. You know what I mean? Like there are so many things that I have learned as I have studied that hospitals do, you know, or like the minute something goes wrong, they don't want to wait and see if it's going to work itself out. They're automatically like, oh, you're going to have to have a C-section. Oh, you're going to have to do this. You're going to have to do that. And and here's the thing. When you instill fear into a woman that's in labor, she tenses up and then her labor can't progress. Or the baby gets stressed out. Now the baby's having stress. And so now then they're like, oh, now we got to do this. Now we got to do that. And it's like, you know, I think it's best to birth at home, like labor and birth at home. You're in your own environment. It's just you and your husband, you know, and maybe a midwife or a doula or something like that. You can feel more relaxed. You feel more comfortable. You feel more supported and loved. When you're in labor, let me tell you something, laying on your back, the way that they have you in the hospitals is the worst position you can be in during labor. You got to be able to move around, walk around when you can, get in different positions while you're in labor, be able to be in a different position when you're pushing. You know what I mean? Like there are so many things that hospitals won't allow you to do that could make your labor and delivery and birth so much more easier and actually enjoyable, which I know that's crazy, right? Like how can birth be enjoyable? Because it's painful, but it can be. You know, and that's why I'm saying, like, once again, don't let them gain control over that area of of you, you know, uh, being pregnant. You know, a lot of these women, while they're pregnant, these doctors try to instill in them, oh, don't eat too much. You'll gain too much weight when you're actually supposed to gain a certain amount of calories for your babies. You know that people that are pregnant with twins, they're supposed to eat a certain amount of calories every day. If they don't, those twins are at risk for being born prematurely. 
And I was actually just doing this study where it says that um, if you eat less calories because your doctor's like, oh, you don't want to gain too much weight because women automatically like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant with two babies. I'm going to be huge, you know, and that's all they're worried about. Stop worrying about that. You know what I'm saying? Like, do not worry about that. And, and if I have any brothers listening, please support your wife in this area. Do not make her feel bad because she, she's she got two babies growing inside her. You know what I mean? Like, of course she's going to get big. But instead of looking at her like, oh my gosh, she's going to gain all this weight or how's she going to look afterwards? Please don't do that. Look at her lovingly. Like, she's carrying two of your babies, okay? Like, be thankful, okay? But encourage her to eat because that can cause so many issues in the pregnancy. You know, and then you've got these doctors that are like, oh my gosh, you're 35, you're 36, so uh, you're high risk. You know, like they try to scare you, you know, like, oh, you're gonna have to be on bed rest because if not this, that, and the next thing, you know. And sisters, listen to your body. Your body will let you know when something's wrong. The Holy Spirit will let you know when something's wrong and lead you and guide you to do the right thing. But do not listen to all these doctors that are like fear mongers that they just want to instill that fear, you know, and then they wonder why so many pregnancies and labors and and births go wrong. You know, like I was robbed of that joy when I had my son for the same reason, you know, because they were like, oh, his heart rate's going up and down. And I'm like, and I was in early labor. You know, I wasn't, I was dilated like four centimeters. I wasn't even like in active labor just yet. And I'm like, of course, the baby is going to be a little bit stressed. It's contractions. Like they're being pressed. You know what I mean? Like, and they're, and once again, because that liability mindset, oh, we're going to have to do a C-section. We're going to have to get them out. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to do that. And that's what they do. Have you ever noticed if you look at the statistics, how the C-section rates have gone up? It's crazy. It's like, no, I'm having my babies at home. Nobody's going to tell me otherwise or differently. You know what I mean? Now, if something goes wrong and I know something's wrong, then I will go to the hospital. But I just really encourage you women to have your babies at home. Have your babies at home so you can bond better, so you can nurse them right away, so you can have the labor and delivery and delivery that Yahuwah intends for you to have. You know, there was this wonderful testimony of, of a friend of mine that, once again, the same people that just gave birth to twins, she had them naturally. And they and the thing was, they didn't know they were having twins because they didn't do any ultrasounds, which I agree with that too. If you can help it, don't get any ultrasounds done. You don't really need to know if you're having a boy or girl. You don't need to know if it's more or one than not. Let it be a surprise from you. You know, I know some of you are like, well, I want to get ready beforehand trust in y'all to provide you know what i mean like don't don't put you and your baby at risk with these technology things that harm us you know what i mean but they didn't even know that they were having twins and she gave birth to them just fine at home by themselves so y'all can do it and if it's y'all's will for you to birth at home just you and your hubby you do that and that's a special beautiful thing to experience so i'm just giving examples you know, like these are all ways that, the, you know, the government and society tries to get control over us um, concerning our family and our marriages. When we know what the natural design is of um, of uh, the marriage and family that y'all created, that y'all gifted to us. So back to my to my friend. So because her daughter wasn't at a level that they felt that she should be, they wanted to contact CPS and, and report it. When she shared me, or when she shared this with me, I was so upset. I was so, so upset. I was like, I need to get out of Colorado. I need to get out of Colorado. You know, and something, something kind of more, more or less along the same lines happened to me recently too. My son is playing football this summer, which y'all please pray for me because the one sport I didn't want him to do and he's he's gonna do it (laughs) I was like and and he he loves basketball and he played basketball um now he wants to try football because all of his friends are doing it and you, you know like football is just like oh my gosh it's so like dangerous you know I'm like oh my gosh out of all the sports um I've always felt that football and hockey are like super dangerous you know um but anyways I had to take him to get a sports physical done because if not, they wouldn't let him join. So I was like, because we only really go to the doctor if we really, really, really have to. 
like really, really like we can't take care of it at home, heal it at home or whatever, you know, then we'll go. But we always try to use, you know, uh, Yah's natural medicines first and, you know, prayer and things like that. And if things don't get better, then we go to the doctors. But um, anyway, so I had to take him and this was our first time meeting this doctor. Um, I don't know if you all noticed. Uh, I don't know where you all live. But where I'm at, there's a huge shortage of doctors. I wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. COVID has changed so much. But it makes me wonder why there's such... Like the clinic we went to, there was only two doctors. It was pretty crazy. So anyways, it was the first time meeting this doctor. I did not like her because I didn't... Number one, the one thing I've noticed is that a lot of these doctors and like teachers and stuff, they're trying to literally usurp the authority of parents. They're trying to get these kids who are teens. For those of you who have teens... Maybe you know what I'm talking about. They're, they try to say things like, oh, they're 14 now. They're 15 now. They're 16 now. They can think for themselves. They can, they can make this decision by themselves. They don't need mom or dad. Listen, when I heard that, I was so upset. <laughs> My son knew it too because he was like, mom, please, you know, and I'm like, nope, I'm not going to let that, that slide because that's not okay. These children may be teens, and yes, I agree, we we do need to give them a little bit of independence so they can get used to it, okay, um, so that they're prepared for the world to an extent. They're still minors, they're still our children, and we're still their parents, and we do have the final say and majority of what is going on in their lives. It's like they try to just totally cut out parent authority and not have their parents be a part of their children, you know what I mean? And I don't appreciate that at all. And that's what this doctor tried to do. She's like, oh, well, he's 15. And I said, ma'am, I'm aware of how old my son is. Thank you. But I am still his mother and he's 15 years old. When he becomes an adult, when he is a man, then I can't say much there. Then he's on his own. You know, like on his own in terms of now he has to be independent. I'm always going to be a part of his life. I just, you know, there's not much I can say at that point. But while he is still under my roof and he is a minor, I'm very much going to be a a huge part of his life and a part of a lot of decisions. You know, I mean, I even told my son that he couldn't date until he was 16 and all that because I wanted his focus to be where it needed to be. These children are growing up too fast and I was not going to have my children repeat and make the same mistakes I did. Like, I'm, I'm about to say something real, really personal here, but it's to prove a point, okay? I'm not proud of this, and I wish that I could turn back time and change this. But I was 15 years old when I lost my virginity. I was my son's age. I shudder to think that because now my child is that age, and praise Yahuwah, completely different now, completely different. Like, and why? Because I grew up the way I did. Nothing was instilled. You know what I mean? Um, So praise Yahuwah that I don't have that issue. But when I I think about that, it makes me sick to my stomach. I'm like, no. And so it it makes the next thing this doctor says, it made me even more upset because I was like, no. Like, I I can't believe these forms we fill out that is like, is your child male or female? Or do they want to be, you know, called, uh, you know, they're a male, but they want to be called female, you know, and vice versa. And, you know, now this whole transgenderism thing and all that, it's crazy. You know, like I recently found out that insurances no longer cover circumcisions for baby boys, right? Because, you know, uh, scripture says that on the eighth day, if you have a boy they need to be circumcised. That's the covenant, right? Um, Now, I know that most of you out there that are Christians, you'll say, nope, you don't have to do that because you believe the law has been done away with. Well, I believe differently. Um, Boys should be circumcised because it shows covenant between them and Yahuwah. So that's all I have to say about that. But insurances now no longer cover that because they consider it cosmetic and that it's not, it's not needed. Of course not, because it's what was commanded in the Bible. (laughs) But yet, they're covering, even Medicaid insurance are covering sex changes and stuff for children. You tell me what's wrong with that. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's ludicrous. Like, it's crazy. I, I, this just, this topic just makes me so upset. It really does. Like, I had to share this. Um, But anyways, we're sitting there. We're there for a sports physical. And this doctor does her usual. She's running through all these things. She says, 
oh, I see here you haven't had this vaccine yet. She's, and then she says to my son, she's like, are you dating? And he's like, no, ma'am. And she goes, oh, okay, well, I think you should get this vaccine because when you do start to date and you start having sex, you know, you want to make sure you have this vaccine because of X, Y, and Z. And I looked at her and I said, ma'am, he's not dating. And when he does go to dates, I'm confident that my son knows that it's best for him to wait and save himself for marriage. So no, we will not be needing the vaccine or anything like that. And since when have they come out with a vaccine to protect against sexual activity? You know what I mean? Like now there's a vaccine for everything. You know what I mean? But that made me so upset, brothers and sisters, to even ask my son something like that. You know, and it's just like, I don't, I don't, I mean, I I get why they do it because it is the world we live in. Unfortunately, it is the world we live in. But these people should not assume that every family is raising their children to be, you know, um, aligned with those things. I mean, I really just, I don't understand that. I really, really don't. And it makes me so mad, brothers, sisters. I think that they should talk to the parents first and say, listen, this is something we offer. This is something that for kids your child's age, we ask, are you comfortable with that? No, they just go right out and do it. It makes me so mad because like, how dare you even ask my child that? My child doesn't even know about half that, right? I mean, he's learned, you know, he's, he has the knowledge of it, but he knows that, that you only do that in marriage. You know what I mean? And I, and I pray for each one of my children that they save themselves for marriage. If Yahuwah calls them to marriage and not make the same mistakes that we did. You know what I mean? So anyways, it just, it really bothers me, you know, that these doctors think that they can gain control over you and try to do things the way they want. And then she's like, oh, well, I'm looking at your son's charts and, you know, at his age, he should be at this weight and this height. And I said, ma'am, forgive me, but by whose standards does he need to be at that weight and that height? And she just kind of looks at me and my son, my son. You know how teens are. And my son is just like, oh, goodness, here she goes, you know. But I'm sorry. I have to say this. I have to ask this. I said, by whose standards? By whose standards does he have to be that weight and height? Because every child is is created differently. And as far as I know, he's healthy. He's not sick. He's not underweight. He's not overweight. I said, and majority of my family, myself included, all of us in my family all grew up tall and slim. And we all came out healthy. So by whose standards... Are, are you saying that he has to be this certain weight and this certain height? Oh, well, going by, you know, this on this website and what we were... And I said, I understand that's what you were taught in school. But does it make it right? You know, because she was trying to, like... My son was getting discouraged because it was almost like she was trying to make it sound like he wouldn't be able to play football because he wasn't a certain weight. And so I'm not only watching my son, like his face change, you know, like he's getting discouraged. She's discouraging him, but I'm like, his weight is fine. He's not underweight. He's not starving. He's not overweight. I said, he's, my son is five, seven and he's, he's barely 16 years old. He's tall. I'm five, eight. And my son is almost as tall as me. He's not even 16 yet. I'm like, I don't see what the problem is, ma'am, how you're saying that by now or by his age, he needs to be this what this weight and this height. You know, so brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? Like, they want to compare your children to everybody else. They want to compare you to everybody else. They want to go by these statistics and all this garbage. No, we know that we are we are fearfully and wonderfully made by Yahuwah. We are all individually unique. Now, if there's an illness or a disease, then I understand them being like, well, listen, I have this concern or whatever. He's a perfectly healthy child. There's no concern. You know why else they do it? Because they want you coming back. Because they want to. They want you to pay an arm and a leg. They want to keep charging the insurances. They want to. It's all about them making money. It's not even so much that they actually care for your health. <laughs> like it has nothing to do with that. I was so upset. Like I left that day so upset. And then they called me like two days later. Oh, you didn't make your son's three-month follow-up. And I said, no, ma'am, I didn't make it because I'm going with a different doctor. And she's like, oh, can I ask why? And I said, yeah, I wasn't impressed with her services. That's all I need to tell you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like I'm learning to be more assertive. I'm learning to stand up 
for righteousness. And that's what I'm calling this episode, Standing Up for Righteousness. We have to, brothers and sisters, no matter what, even if they threaten us, like what's happening to my friend, you know. I remember a sister shared with me that she had had her baby. It was her fifth or sixth child. And can you believe that while she was still in the hospital, they came to her and they said, we're worried about you and your family because you've had, now this is your sixth child. And we really feel that maybe you should talk with CPS. (laughs) I was like, wow, this is so crazy. Brothers and sisters, and I've shared with you before, I have seen so many beautiful testimonies of these beautiful, large families that live for Yah. They have left jobs and gone into full-time ministry. They seek after him. They raise their children up in the way that they should go, as the scriptures say. And these family lack nothing. I'm sure they go through their trials. I'm sure they go through, you know, hard seasons, difficult seasons, but they lack nothing. They have everything they need. They don't go hungry. They're not living in the street. They're not anything like that. People will say to me, listen, and I'm not saying this to be rude. Please understand this. I'm not. Because my heart goes out to every single person that goes through these sufferings and trials. But a lot of people will say, oh, well, if that's the case, look at these people in these you know, foreign countries that you know, keep having these children, whatever, and they're starving and they're suffering and this and that. And I said, listen, the only answer that I can give to you about that is maybe that's happening because these foreign countries believe in false gods. They serve false gods. They have pagan gods. They have pagan customs and all these things. Maybe that's why they're suffering. Just being honest, just from what I've read from the scriptures and stuff. I said these foreign countries suffer because they've turned away from Yahuwah. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. You know? We've got to really look at the truth, brothers and sisters. When we go away from Yahuwah, when we start, you know, being a part of the world and taking part in sin and serving false gods and pagan rituals and customs and all these things. Y'all, read Deuteronomy chapter 28 where it says the blessings of obedience and the curses of disobedience. Much of this world is experiencing the curses of disobedience because they're disobedient. They've turned away from Yah. They forsake Him. They forsake His word. They forsake His commandments. That's why I say I have seen so many beautiful testimonies of families that are sold out to Yahuwah that are following his commandments no matter what, that are living set apart, that have had six children and seven children and nine children, 10 children, 12 children, and they lack nothing. And they're raising those children up in the way that they should go. I'm not saying they're perfect, but they exemplify the Messiah so beautifully and they lack nothing. Why? Because they're being obedient to his word, to his commandments. Therefore, they're, they're, they're reaping and sowing blessings or sowing and reaping blessings. That's the difference. They see marriage as a gift from Yah. They see children as a gift from Yah. They see an opportunity to serve others in ministry as a gift from Yah. When they when they go through storms and trials, they still praise Yah. Right? That's the difference. They are obedient to his word no matter what it means, whether it means they have to lose their job. Listen, a lot of people in the truth lost, uh, a lot of men lost their jobs because they were in no way going to get the vaccine. And many people turned away from them. Oh, you would do that when you've got a family to support and raise? What are you going to do? And you know, oh, I'm going to trust in Yah. That's what I'm going to do. Because I know that he's going to honor my choice. I know I'm doing the right thing because it's not from him. And you know what? Sure enough, each one of those families were okay. They might have gone through a rough patch for a little bit, but Yah provided. Yah made a way because they were obedient. They stood up for righteousness. When I shared my personal trial and how we're going through financial hardship, I said, I'm not going to go into detail. The detail is in the GoFundMe, but 
where we're at because we stood up for righteousness. People are having their babies at home because they're standing up for righteousness. People are getting married under Yah because they're standing up for righteousness. People are pulling their children out of public schools and homeschooling them because they're standing up for righteousness. People are turning down the vaccines and all these other things that doctors are trying to push on them because they're standing up for righteousness. They're, they're stopping the celebrating of these pagan holidays, Christmas and Easter and Halloween and Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day and all of this because they're standing up for righteousness, right? They're not eating certain things because they're standing up for righteousness. And the fact is, brothers and sisters, and it's written in the scriptures that when we do that, we will be persecuted because we're standing up for righteousness, it says it even in the Beatitudes that, um, that Yeshua spoke. Blessed are those that have been persecuted for standing up for righteousness. For the kingdom of heaven shall be theirs. And I'm paraphrasing, you know. But standing, stand up for righteousness, brothers and sisters. Live set apart. Live for Yahuwah. Live in a way that glorifies him. Stand up for righteousness, even if it means you lose family members, you lose friends, right? You have to sacrifice, you lose job, you lose whatever. Stand up for righteousness. Please don't allow the enemy to gain a foothold into your life, whether it's a certain area of life or all of it. Do not allow him access. Don't allow him to discourage you, to turn you away from standing up for righteousness. Do not conform to this world, not even for a minute, not even for a certain area. Don't give up. Stand for righteousness. Stand firm on his word. I encourage you all to read after you listen to this episode. Go to the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and I want you to read about the whole armor of Yahuwah. And I want you to keep in mind that every day when you get up, Thank Yahuwah for another day. Thank him for his mercies, for his mercies are new every morning. And I want you to put on that whole armor of Yah. Because every day we're battling. Every day we are fighting that spiritual battle. Every day. Because there's a battle for our souls, brothers and sisters. This is what a lot of believers like forget. That there's a bigger picture. There is a battle for our souls. You know, the enemy opposes anything and everything that comes from Yahuwah. He wants to get people um, away from him and, you know, away from Yah and go to him. You know, don't let that happen. Stand up for righteousness, even if people make fun of you, if people ridicule you, if they make comments, if you lose your job, if you lose family, no matter what, stand up for righteousness and know that Yahuwah will bless you for that. Read Deuteronomy chapter 28, the whole chapter. Read Ephesians chapter 6, the whole chapter. Please do that. Very, very vital that we open up our swords, right? The sword of the Spirit is the word of Yah. It's so important that we study these these words on a daily basis because Yahuwah's word is living. It's living word that we should be reading every day. And that should be the most important thing that we do amongst prayer and other things. So stand up for righteousness, my brothers and sisters. Stand up for righteousness, please. If you live in a state that is extremely liberal and just like goes against so much of you know what is the opposite of what Yah's word calls for, I would encourage you to pray. You know, Yah might tell you to stay there because maybe you might be an example to somebody or to, to a group of people or, you know, or he might tell you you need to get out of there. I know for me, that's my goal is getting the heck out of Colorado. I am I am so done with Colorado. I'm disgusted with a lot of the things they're doing out here. They're still pushing the vaccine in a lot of places. You know, they're doing what they're doing with the kids, you know, and, you know, all these things. Like, I'm so disgusted. I'm like, I'm done with Colorado. It's a beautiful state. Very, very beautiful. If you all haven't been here, the mountains are just, they're majestic. They're beautiful. But it's not worth living here. And and then on top of that, it's crazy expensive here. Y'all, a one-bedroom apartment can be anywhere from 900 to 1600 a month. It's crazy, y'all. It's, <laughs> it's crazy. So anyways, with that being said, please continue to pray for us that we are able to 
um, raise up enough money so that we can make that move possible and get out of Colorado and get to Missouri, um, where we feel that Abba's leading us. Um, so yeah, anyways, brothers and sisters, that's what I want to share with you. Stand up for righteousness. I love you all. Take very good care. Many blessings and shalom to all of you. And I will talk with you all soon.